Hello, and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. My name is Nick, and I'm the Communications Director at the church. And in this message, Pastor Craig is closing out our series, Simple Gospel, by sharing how God demonstrated his love in giving his son to die for us. But we still have one thing to do, call, because we can't do it on our own. So let's jump right in to the concluding message of our series, Simple Gospel, titled, Call for Help. We are so delighted to have you uh, joining in with us as we look forward to next Sunday, Easter. Everybody remembers that, right? Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. So on Easter weekend, here's what we have for you. We have three services here at the building and online. So three different ways to be able to catch the service is is Saturday night, 5 o'clock, Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, and Sunday morning, 11 o'clock. And those will all be live streamed so that you can either be here or wherever you are and participate in the Easter service. Then we have two off-site locations that I'm excited about. And those will be during the 11 o'clock service at Cabin Coffee and Joy's Cakery. And so if you know people who are maybe a little apprehensive about getting in a big crowd, those would be perfect sites to invite somebody. We have cards available. Make sure you're using these. Our goal is everyone bring one. So don't just use the cards, but if you have social media, as most of you do, uh, be sure to spread the word also this week on social media so that people can join us for next Easter Sunday. It's going to be a powerful, powerful week. I, I just said we're going to have eight services. Did you catch that? You must not have, all right, because I, I mean, that, that's incredible. We, we've, that's the most services we've ever had as a church Eight opportunities for people uh, to be brought into the family of God, uh, touched by this next weekend, and so be sure and get the word out this week. All right, today we are continuing on and actually concluding our series on the Romans Road. For those in person, we have these cards available. These are great to either memorize yourself or to have with you. Uh, maybe insert it in your Bible and just refresh yourself occasionally with how to explain the good news of Jesus to other people. And on this card, there are scriptures that we are using as we're taking the Romans road to Easter this year. We're getting ourselves ready for Easter weekend by understanding what Easter's really all about, the good news of Jesus. And so on week one, we looked at Romans 3, 23, which says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And here's what we said. That means everybody missed the mark, right? Some of us shot high, some shot low, some right, left, whatever. Uh, I've shot all over the place. How about you? And, and so Uh, we know that we've sinned against the holy God. And that's something we all have in common. 
okay? Regardless of our skin color, regardless of our economic situations or whatever, we all have this in common. All of humanity has this in common. All have sinned. Then the second week, we looked at Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is what? Death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And here's, here's the good thing we said that week is that you can get a gift. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. As a matter of fact, you can't. You can't earn it. You can't deserve a gift. And so if you, did, if you missed either one of the last two weeks, be sure you go back and watch those, okay? Now today we're gonna look at Romans chapter 10 as we wrap this up. And this is such an important portion of scripture. And so to set it up, I'm gonna read the context and then we're gonna get into the couple of verses that we ought to have in our minds or at least easily accessible to us when we're talking to people about the gospel of Jesus, all right? Romans chapter 10 In verse five, Paul says this. Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith, notice that, by law, by faith, says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? And he is quoting here, just so you know, he's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 30. And I think it's about verse 12 where it starts out. And he's taking a direct quote. Paul's pulling in Old Testament scripture into a New Testament writing. And he's making a comparison by what Moses said to what he wants to bring out. And so Moses said... Should we ascend back up into heaven? He asked the people. You know, in other words, do, do we need to go back up into heaven and get 10 more commandments? No, people, we do not. We have them. We have 10 commandments. And so we have what we need to guide our lives. Now, Paul uses this and says, are we gonna go back up? and bring Christ down again? No. He already came. He was here. He walked among us. And and like John said, he walked among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. He was born once in this world. He already came. He doesn't need to come again. And then he says, and who will descend into the deep? Now, when Moses said this, he was probably referring to the Red Sea. You know, do we need to cross over the Red Sea again, people? Do we need to do that? No, we do not need to do that. We did that once. And, and I was there. And Moses says, and, and what he did, he took us across like a sign of salvation. He took us to the other side and he drowned our enemies behind us. He defeated the enemy for us. He doesn't need to do it again. It does not need to happen again. And Paul uses that to say, 
Do we need to go down and bring Christ back up? No, he's already up. He's already risen. We, we don't need to do that again. And then he goes on to quote Moses. He says, but what does it say in the scripture, Deuteronomy 30? The word is near you. Everybody say, it's close by. Just type that in the chat, maybe. It's, clo it's close. It's close. It's close by. It, the word is near you. It is in your, now notice these two things. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. I want everybody to know in this building today, the power to save you, the power for you to go to heaven is in this room right now. It's close. I want you to know that wherever you're watching, it's in your car. It's in your house right now. It, wherever you are, this word is going forth and it has the power to save you right now. Right where you are. That's, how many know that's good news? That's, that's powerful good news. And, and here's the point. Is it simple? That's what we've said all along. The gospel is simple and it's accessible. Again, we, we miss the target. So all you have to do to understand that we have missed the target is watch the news. Hello? And when you see violence, when you see random acts of violence, when you see hatred, when you see bitterness, when you see strife, when you see envy, when you see... All these different things. Let me tell you something. We've missed the mark. Okay? We have missed the mark. And we need help. But the good news is, and we learned this on week two, and again, if you weren't here, check it out. Uh, there's a gift that's been given, and the gift is not a thing. Okay, it's not even the Bible. It's, it's not a thing. It's a person. The gift is Jesus. And he today is close and clear in this word. The clarity, the simplicity of it helps us to obtain it. Now, let me just read another scripture from the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 12, because this one's a goodie, all right? This one's a good one to to have as well. It's salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. I want to announce today with very much clarity that there is one name, there is one Savior, there is one Lord, and his name is is, help me out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And so Jesus is able and mighty to save. And he can save you today, wherever you are, in this building or watching online. So how do we call for help? I wanna look with you at a couple of things that, that he brings out in these verses 
of how to call for help. Now, how many remember the bat phone? Come on, Batman fans. Come on, online. Just I don't know if there's a Batman emoji or, or not that you can put in the chat, but, but I remember seeing the bat phone. And how many remember that uh, in the comic books and things like this? Here, here's what Batman did. Batman gave a bat phone to Commissioner Gordon and said to Commissioner Gordon, when you face an enemy, you can't defeat. When you face something that's bigger than you and you can't conquer it on your own, all of your cops, all of your manpower, everything, it's not enough. When the Joker shows up, when the penguin shows up, when, when the Riddler's throwing out riddles and you don't understand them, you just pick up this phone and call me and I'll come running. That's what Batman said. And I want you to know that it was a direct line. It was a direct line. But here's the thing is that's the way a lot of us operate. Did you know that? It is we'll wait until it's big, and then we want to call. Matter of fact, we even talk like that. We'll, we'll say, all we can do now is pray. How many think we should have already been doing that? Should have already been doing that. But all we can do now is pray. We, we better get on the hotline now. We, we better call for reinforcements. We better get help. I want you to know, I want to announce to everybody here that you don't have to wait for a crisis. You are in a crisis. You are in a crisis. You are in a sin crisis. A sin crisis that separates you from a loving God that holds back his blessing, that holds back his favor, that cuts off a connection with him, that causes him to be unable to do what he wants to do in our lives. Your sin, my sin, shuts that off. I'd call that a crisis. And so what we need is we need a direct line. We need to be able to reach out and get some help. And the good news is there's help available. We can call on him. And here's where we get it is the very next verse. In verse 9, here's what Paul goes on to say. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are, how many have been saved, right? Saved. And here's what he says. He says, it starts in the heart, okay? It starts in the heart. That, that's where it begins. Paul says, it, it's not in your mind, you don't intellectually get to know about God and, boy, if I could just read some more books, if I could just learn some more facts about God, if I could just get some more data, if I could get 
to some intellectual belief. No, no, that, that's not faith. Faith is when you have no evidence, but you believe anyway. You, 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 you see that, well, I, I, that doesn't prove it, but I'm gonna by faith believe. It's just like when you sit down in a chair that you've never sat in before. You are putting faith in something you don't know, right? I've had a chair in my office like that. I finally replaced it here the other day. The third leg was broken off. I, I loved watching people fall. No, I didn't do that. So I, I warned them. I said, don't sit in that one. Don't sit in that one because it, it won't hold you up. And, and see, what we do is we put our faith in it. And here's what we do. We put, we put our faith, our soul, we put it in God. So here, here's what Christians do a lot of times, though. We'll, we'll say to, to people, we'll say, hey, you need to invite, maybe you've heard this, invite Jesus into your heart. That is not what Paul is saying. He doesn't say anything about inviting Jesus into your heart. As a matter of fact, inviting Jesus into your heart is not in the Bible. <gasps> so, Here's what is in the Bible. From our heart, okay? You get that? From our heart, from our core, from our inner being, from within our utmost, innermost being, we believe that Jesus rose from the dead. We believe that Easter is not just about bunnies and eggs, which I don't know how the two of those got together. But anyway, uh, we, it, that's not what it's about. It is about a Savior, help me out this morning, who came out of the tomb victorious. And, and Paul says, that's what you do. You're not inviting him into your heart. From your heart, you're believing he's alive. He's alive. And here's the good news about Jesus being alive. It proves that God accepted his sacrifice because God raised him from the dead. It's like God said, well done, son. Job accomplished. Jesus said, I will rise again, and he did. And it's proof that you and I are forgiven. And it's not based on your goodness. It's based on his goodness. It's an inward believing. And that comes before the outward confession. But here, here's the second point. Write this down. Is it's confessed from the mouth. So it starts in the heart. That's where it's got to start. In the heart, we believe and then we confess with our mouth. That is the outward expression. And, and that's how life goes. If, you know, if you fall in love with someone, you're gonna express it in some way. There's gonna be an outward expression. There's gonna be a change of the way you do things. How many know that? 
How many are successfully married here today, right? <laughs> you know, it is, right? It, it changes things. You, all of a sudden, you're putting somebody else first in your life. All of a sudden, you're, you're doing things you never did before. All of a sudden, you're looking at flowers when you're in Kroger trying to buy bananas, you know? And, and you're, you're doing things like that because you're, you're thinking of an outward expression. And Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God to him that believes. So it's an outward expression. I, listen, if you really believe, if I really believe that Jesus rose from the dead, we would be telling people about it. He is alive. I want to announce to somebody in Utah today or wherever you're watching from, he is alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. That's what the early believers did. They said he's alive. He's risen. And here's the confession that Paul says every Christian, every saved person, every faith follower, every follower of Jesus, every, every Christ follower should make this confession. Here's what he says. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Now, some of us have seen that on bumper stickers, all right? We've seen it different places, but the impact of what he's saying is more than just a generic statement. Jesus is Lord. I want to announce today that, yes, Jesus is Lord of the universe. But the question is, is Jesus Lord over you? See, it, it, that's a different thing. You know, in wrestling, when, when they're out there on the mat and wrestling and, and you know the one guy gets the advantage over the other and maybe you know there's a chokehold going on and he's he's seeing stars and and you know he knows his time of consciousness is coming to an end and and here's something you can do in that wrestling match you can tap out you can tap out and the referee, when he sees that you are tapping out, what do they do? They call the match. You can breathe again, right? It's over. You surrender. You are giving up. And let me tell you something. What Paul is saying here is when you are saying Jesus is Lord, you're tapping out. You're saying, I, I can't breathe. I can't live without you. I can't go on without you. You are the ruler, the master, the, the savior, the Lord over my life. I declare today I surrender all to you. That's what you're doing. So again, all through the scripture, it says the question, the question that you and I, all of us, that we need to answer. We need to settle this question today. We need to settle the question, is Jesus Lord over me? Because not just 
that I come to church because money could be my Lord. But I come to church. Relationships could be my Lord. Or getting in a relationship could be my Lord. Or television can be my Lord. What comes first in your life? That's Lord. Is that simple? Right? It's whatever comes first in our lives. And when Jesus is Lord, he sets up rule in our lives. And it's exciting what begins to happen. Let's look at it verse 11 as Paul goes on. He says, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me tell you something. When you call on him and he becomes Lord, you transfer into a different kingdom. There's a whole new king over your life. And that king, he says, begins to richly bless you. He begins to richly bless you. So you all of a sudden, life begins to change. I want to say something today with clarity that racism died at the cross. It died with the empty tomb. Let me tell you something. Here's what we need today more than anything else. We we don't need more marches. We don't need more songs. We don't need more uh, speeches or things like that. We need more surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. When I'm surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus, I love everybody. I love all people. And, And so what happens is, is, He puts it like this. He says, there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. Now, let me tell you something. When he said that, Jewish people were like, what? Oh, yes, there is. We're the in and they're the out. But Paul says, no, we all got a problem. We all got the same problem. And we all need the same gift. And anyone, that means Jew or Gentile, That means whoever you are, no one is beyond the ability of receiving this gift from God. That is the reason why the gospel is the most inclusive religious message in the world. It is the most inclusive community that has ever existed on the planet. Now, you may say, well, hold on, Craig. Didn't you just say that Jesus is the only way? Because that doesn't sound inclusive. That sounds exclusive. But let me tell you something. Every religion has a line. You know, you you can't say uh, to the Muslim community, you can't say, well, you know, I'm like 50% Muslim. And they're going to say, no. No, there's no such thing. Or you say to a Buddhist, well, I'm like 50% Buddhist. Uh, no. You're either with us or you're against us. You're either in or you're out. 
But let me tell you something, how the inclusiveness and the exclusivity of the gospel is. It's not based on you and what you do or who you are. It's based on what he did and who he is. Hello? That's a big difference. And that's the reason why in the early church, it was the most scandalous thing that was going on because they said, everyone's accepted. And some were like, him? Not her. She can't walk with us. She can't. What? What? No, Matthew, what are you doing calling a tax collector? What are you doing calling people who don't look like us, who don't believe like us, who are nothing like us? And God says all can call upon him. That's the reason why today the most demographically included people in anything are in the church of Jesus Christ. All across the world. It doesn't make a difference. I don't care where you're watching from today. You can be in the Sudan. You can be in Russia. You can be in China, you can be in wherever, and I don't know how you're getting this and watching this, and it's getting through to you with all the controls and everything, but I'm telling you it's for a reason, and the reason is is because there is a Savior who has come and provided for you. Heaven came to earth. You don't have to go back up to him and bring it down. He brought it down. And he rose from the dead so that you can have what Paul says, it is the power of God to him that believes. Let me tell you something. If you need power in your marriage, if you need power in your finances, if you need power in your mind, if you need power in your emotional health, that power comes from Jesus today. He rose from the dead and is alive today. You can have power in him so much so that no weapon formed against you will prosper because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. As we confess our belief in the empty tomb, it releases a resurrection power into our lives, a power of the spirit that literally the very gates of hell cannot prevail against. You need to kick hell out of your life. I had to watch how I said that, right? If you need to kick it out of your life, let me tell you something. The power of God can do that. If hell has wrecked your home, if you're watching today and you say, my marriage is in shambles, my mind is confused, I'm disturbed. I'm thinking about taking my life. I just don't know that there's any reason to go on. I don't, just don't know what the future holds. I, I'm so scared. I'm so concerned. I'm so nervous. I'm so whatever. I'm telling you today, the power of God is available to him that believes. To him that believes. And when you believe, a transformation begins. See, you don't have to get good enough for God to accept you. You come just as you are. And then he takes you from where you are to where he knows you can be. 
And he's able to do that. How many know he's able to do it, right? He's done it for you. He's done it for you. Here's the third thing to write down. It's just simply trust in him. Just simply trust in him. He took our shame. I, I like the way the message version, version has of verse 11. Let me read it. Scripture reassures us no one who trusts God like this, heart and soul, will ever regret it. Mm, isn't that good? You'll never, ever regret Now, I'm tell you something. When you get to heaven, okay, when you just take one step into heaven, you're not going to regret anything that you've done here on the earth. You're, you're going to be so happy to be there that your mind's going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be blown away by what you see. I don't know if you'll kneel. I don't know if you'll fall on your face. I don't know if you'll stand with your hands in the air. I don't know if you'll shout. I don't know if you'll even be able to make a sound at that moment when you open your eyes and you are in eternity, in heaven. You won't regret it, but I'm telling you, I don't regret it now because of what he's done in my life today. How many are with me on that? What he's done today. I mean, he makes life better. Life is better with Jesus. In verse 13, he says, for whoever, I'm so glad it's whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not might be, not could be, not possibly be. And not everyone who goes to church or even Crossroads Church, even a wonderful life-giving church like Crossroads, not everyone who goes to that church or hears a sermon, or who lives a good life. That's not what he said. He said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You have to call on him. And let me give you some good news. Genesis 3, 9, when man messed up for the first time. Everybody remember that? We talked about that in week one. Look at this. God called. Who called? God called. God picked up the phone. God said, they're in trouble. They're messed up. They did what I didn't want them to do. They disobeyed. They, they, they put someone in front of me in their life. And God did something about it. And that's what Easter is. Is God did something about your messed up life. God did something about the separation that exists between you and him. And here's Paul's point. If we are saved and we're going to go to heaven, all praise goes to God. If we're lost, all blame goes to us. Salvation. Salvation is as close right now as your mouth and your heart. Wherever you are, wherever you're watching, it's as close as your heart and your mouth. If you'll just believe and you'll confess, he says, then you'll receive 
gift from God. Let me, let me share it like this. Let me wrap this up with this simple statement. Salvation is simple, all right? You sinned, a gift's been given, and all you need to do is ask. You can explain that to somebody. That's how simple the gospel is. You sinned, a gift's been given, and now all you need to do is ask, and God will come into your life. How many are ready to make the call today? You're ready to make the call today. Call on him right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've done all there is to do to enable us to have a place reserved for us in eternity that we do not deserve. You've done it all. Now, all we have to do today is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. And the gift that you've prepared can be opened into our lives. And blessings like we've never known can come to us like forgiveness, grace, mercy, our shame removed. Maybe you're watching or maybe you're here in this room and you say, Craig, I understand it now. I understand the simple gospel and I need the simple gospel in my life. I need to simply surrender today to Jesus and I'm wanting, I'm willing to do that. I want him in my life. I need him today. If that's you, would you just raise your hand if you're in this place and wherever you are online today, just stretch your hand toward the screen for this moment. And I want to pray with you right now. We're going to ask Jesus to do what only Jesus can do. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus made a way for us. So I pray that right now, wherever people are, you will come into their life today. Just pray this prayer with me. Everybody pray and say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me and also to rise from the dead for me to prove he's the Savior. Today I confess Jesus is Lord over my life. I surrender all to you my future, and my past. Take my life and use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church family, let's celebrate that today. It's awesome. Listen, Paul goes on to say, we didn't read the rest. You can read it at home this afternoon. Paul goes on to say, but how are they going to hear unless somebody tells them? How are they going to know? Because angels aren't singing it. God's not speaking out of the clouds to people. Paul says, you got to invite them. You've got to invite them. You, you've got to speak it. 
you've got to share it. You've got to tell them. You've got to live it and say it as well. Anybody remember show and tell? Right? You got to show and tell. We need, how many know we need more show and tell believers in America today? Right? Show and tell. So we got to show it first and then tell it. And so over this week, may God use us to reach someone with the good news, simple gospel of Jesus Christ. You feel more equipped today? How many are more equipped? You're more equipped in helping to be able to share the best news anyone could ever.